Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hello, everyone, everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer, just giving Him praise for this day. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day that you created, that you had planned from before the foundation of the world, that our eyes have not seen before, but you've graced us to be present this day, in this earth, at this time, out of all the time in human history, you preordained, we have a purpose for this day and this hour. And Lord, we thank you that we receive a revelation of it, that we have wisdom and understanding as imparted by the Holy Spirit, and that we fulfill the purpose you have for our life. In this study today, Father, in the name of Jesus, we believe we have the mind of Christ and that we have ears to hear and a heart to receive what the Holy Spirit has to say. To you we give all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Join me in our confession of faith. We do this each and every time we have a broadcast just to lay that solid foundation. Amen. Repeat these words after me. Believe them in your heart. Let them go in through your ears, down into your heart, and come back out of your mouth in faith. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, our only Son, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from where he shall come soon to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe the church is the body of Christ. I believe in the communion of saints. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the resurrection of the body. And I believe in life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Shout amen, somebody. Glory to God. We're actually going to study that today about the rewards that you get in heaven. It's part of our series we began last week on do what God has called you to do. If you do what God's called you to do, then you will fulfill your purpose. And you cannot get to heaven by your works. That has been hammered and hammered and hammered on. It's by grace alone through faith that you receive the forgiveness of sins and entrance into heaven. Amen. You must be born again. That is the only way to heaven. I don't care if you are a billionaire and give away all your money and become penniless and being a blessing and and using all that money to, to send 
preachers out into all the earth. If you are not born again, it amounts to zero. You do not get entrance into heaven. The Bible is clear. Jesus even said there will be many people that said, Lord, Lord, you know, haven't we done all these wonderful things in your name? And he's, he turns and says, I did not ever know you. You did not have a relationship with him. Therefore, you are cast out into the outer darkness and not into heaven. That is the only way you can gain entrance to heaven is through him, through Jesus, through believing he died in your place and that the power of God raised him from the dead. That's it. Nothing else, period, will get you into heaven. Now, what happens when you get to heaven? A lot of people think you're going to be given a harp and you know this flowing white robe and the little gold halo over you and you're just going to spend your days kick back floating around on clouds playing your little harp. No. A lot of people think that when we get to heaven everything's going to be equal. Every person will just be in heaven. And that is no. And that's what we're going to study today. The Bible is absolutely clear that you have rewards in heaven based upon the works you do here in the earth. Entrance to heaven is gained through Jesus alone. Period. Everybody is equal. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Billy Graham or if you're little Granny Smith down the street or a homeless bum living on the street. If you want into heaven, you must accept Jesus as your Savior. Period. End of story. But once you get to heaven, what happens then? And it is all determined upon what you do here in this earth. Now, I mean, the Apostle Paul once said, you know, show me your faith without works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Amen? Turn with me. Here's Jesus talking about it. In Revelation chapter 22. Glory to God. Revelation chapter 20. It's the very last page of the New Testament. And Jesus, this is him speaking. He is speaking to John, who's writing all this down, and going to send this book out. And it says in chapter 1, blessed is he who reads it. So just from reading the book of Revelation, you get a blessing. Amen. You may not understand it. Especially if you're just starting to study your Bible. You may not understand what is taking place in the book of Revelation. But you're blessed just for reading it. And then believing God for understanding. And he'll give it to you. It's probably going to come incrementally. But you will receive it. If you study it and listen to, to Bible commentaries on it and read books about it, things will begin making sense. Amen? And we'll be going into a new series on that. I don't know if it'll be next week or not. I'm working on it right now. But we are living in the end days. And folks, the finish line is before us. We cannot, we've come, think about a runner on a track. And you're coming around the track. And as you round that last curve, 
beginning to come out of the curve and onto the straightaway, you see the finish line before you. This is not a time to quit. This is a time, even though you may be dog-tired, completely out of breath, your side is hurting, your muscles are hurting, your legs are hurting, you're gasping for as much oxygen as you can get in, but that finish line is just ahead, maybe 100 meters to go. It is not the time to slow down. This is the time to pick up the pace and just push through to the end. Amen? That finish line, the catching away of the church, is before us. The pain and the suffering that goes on after the finish line, we have no part of. Just as the the runner who wins his race by pushing through 110% till the end, completely exhausted, when he crosses that finish line, what do they do? They get a big smile on their face. They hold their hands in the air, show, you know, showing the number one finger and all that. I'm number one. And they go running around the track again. Amen. Once you cross the finish line, all the pain of running the race is forgotten. Amen. We are now in sight of the finish line. We are going to read the finish line. Revelations chapter 22 is the end. Matter of fact, in my Bible, the King James Bible, if you go to Revelation 22, verse 21, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And then after that, underneath, verse 21 says, the end. That's it. There is no more else if you are not saved. If you are not saved and you're still in the earth, the end. You're done. There is no further chances for you to get to heaven. It's over. You do not want that to happen. Jesus is going to judge the living and the dead, just like we recited in the Apostles' Creed. He judges the dead because judgment has been given to him by the Father. And it's already been established. Nobody gets into heaven unless they receive Jesus as their Savior. I don't care what Muhammad says. I don't care what the Muslims say. I don't care what Buddhists say. I don't care what the Confucians say. They're just confused. I don't care what the Harry Karas or whatever the, the latest fad is. I don't care what they say. There is no way you get into heaven unless you receive Jesus as your Savior. Jesus said, I am. The way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. And that's it. Well, Brother Bob, Mohammed says the same thing. Yeah. And look at where Mohammed is at right now. Dead. Look at where Buddha is at right now. Dead. Look at where Confucius is right now. Dead. Look at where the Dalai Lama or whoever the Hindus believe in. Dead. Oh, they have one that replaces them. It's like the Pope. They keep re-electing a new Pope. They're still going to die. Folks, Jesus is the only one who came back from the dead. He's the only one who has lived forever. John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and you go down through verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. He existed before the world began. And he's going to rule and reign forever in heaven. 
as King of Kings, Lord of Lords, over the new Jerusalem, the new earth as it's created. Amen. He's the only one that has lived forever and will live forever, but he has made the opportunity for human beings to live with him forever, to rule and reign in righteousness. There are different rewards going to be given out in heaven. Not everybody gets a halo and a harp and a white robe and floats around for eternity on a cloud. Amen. In Revelation chapter 22, let's see what Jesus has to say in verse 12. Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. Well, that speaks about eternal life. Does it really? Continue reading in that verse. To give to every man according as his work shall be. That's talking about works. The gift of salvation is by grace. It cannot be earned. That's what grace is. If I were to bless you with a new car and say, here, this is yours. That's grace. You didn't earn it. You may not even deserve it, but it's in my heart to give it to you. Now, when I do that, whose car is it? Not mine. It's yours. It's the gift. The gift comes from by grace. It's not earned. If it's earned, if you worked for me for 10 years, and I was able only to pay you pittance, and then suddenly I get a blessing to say, I want to give you a new car. Why am I doing that? Because of your faithfulness to me, working with me for 10 plus years. You earned it. This is a gift. Eternal life is a gift. It's not earned at all. But the rewards you receive in heaven are earned. They are earned. They are rewards. A reward is something you receive for something you did. Amen? If you capture a criminal and you take him to the police and say, here you go, you know, I know this guy's wanted, here he goes, and the police say, oh, here's a $1,000 reward. We've been looking for this guy. What is the reward for? They're rewarding you for capturing the guy. A reward is something you earn by doing some work. Amen. That's why Jesus said, my reward is with me according to your work. Your work. Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. Glory to God. Matthew 28, verse 16. Is that right? Yep. Then... The eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some still doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All. Well, that's a pretty all-encompassing word, isn't it? All means nothing left out. Not one jot nor tittle of anything is left out when he says all. All power means there is no other power left out that he does not have power over, including the devil, including man, including whoever is running the United States of America, whoever has their finger on the button for the bomb. 
All power has been given to Jesus, not them. Amen. All power has been given to Jesus and not the devil. He has no power. Jesus stripped the devil of all his power. Amen. Making a show, triumphing over Satan in hell. He made a show, made a spectacle out of it. Amen. We studied a couple weeks ago a vision the Lord gave me of Jesus in hell in the deepest parts of hell where Satan's throne is and the demons were trying to get him to bow before Satan and the vision was Jesus was standing there head bowed arms folded across this front not arms you know cross I'm talking about hands down like about waist level and he's just standing there and he's praying He's believing God three days and three nights in the belly of the earth. He's believing God. He's ignoring everything the devil and the demons are trying to do to him. He refuses to bow and the glory of God because he is sinless. He's not supposed to be there. The glory of God, he is unable or the demons are unable to get him to bow. Every the most powerful demons are coming up to him, and and the glory is from what I in the vision I seen the glory is like an electric current going through Jesus. Every time they try and touch him, they get electrocuted and reeled back and and tear. And it starts off with the lower level demons, and it continues and progresses until Satan himself is unable to get Jesus to bow. And at that moment when he realizes he cannot take his authority over Jesus is when Jesus is resurrected. He defeated the devil in front of the entire demon army making a show that the devil is unable to have any authority over the Son of God nor the Son of Man. And at that moment Jesus in this vision I had begins to ascend and no demon in hell can stop him. And it says he stopped and the area of hell called paradise and they believe that he is the son of God and the, the promised Messiah and led captivity captive all the way to heaven. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Anyway, all power has been given to me in heaven and in earth. So if all power has been given to Jesus in the earth, why do we have all these problems going on in the earth? Because man has failed to take the authority given to them in the word of God by the power and authority of Jesus' name. Man's failed to use that power and authority for good, for preaching the gospel. Instead, they've decided to lay up for themselves treasure on earth instead of treasure in heaven. But Jesus is saying here, all power has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. Or in other words, therefore since all power has been given to me, you go and teach all nations, all groups of people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them Teaching them what, Brother Bob? To observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And look, I'm with you always, even to the end 
of the world. Hallelujah. Jesus is with us even to the end of the world. And we just read the end of the book in Revelation 22 where he says, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me. If you're preaching the gospel to every creature and you're doing the works Jesus commanded you to do, his reward is with him when he returns. Hallelujah. Shout amen somebody. Hallelujah. John chapter 13. What are we supposed to do, Brother Bob? Well, let's take a look. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Amen. Jesus saying, a new commandment. Now, we already know the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not given for us to live by. The Ten Commandments were given to us as a mirror that we can see ourselves as God sees us. The Ten Commandments, oh, perfection, you'd live them. But we are not perfect. Far from it. The most pious person on this earth is still a sinner in God's eyes. Amen? Because they're trying to be pious to do what? Earn their way to heaven. And it's not going to happen. The Ten Commandments were given to us so we can look at them as a mirror and see how bad off we are in missing the mark. That's the purpose of the Ten Commandments. And then Jesus summarized all Ten Commandments. When questioned by a lawyer, he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In these sums up all the commandments. And you see it in the Ten Commandments. One through four, I believe it is, talks about your relationship with God, and 6 through 10 talk about your relationship with others. Amen? That's why Jesus said that. Now here he says, I'm giving you, what? A new commandment. That you love one another, that's your fellow man, as I have loved you. Well, how has Jesus loved us? He gave himself for us. So you should give yourself for others. Well, Brother Bob, how do I give myself for others? Give from what you've been blessed with. That's right, I'm talking about money, things, tangible things in this earth. Does it hurt you to give a dollar to the homeless person on the corner? Well, Brother Bob, they just use that for drugs. How do you know that? How do you know that is not a bona fide person who's trying to get enough money to feed their kids? How do you know that? Well, it's been reported over and over that these guys... Ah, so you're relying on the testimony of others instead of the love of Christ who says, Love one another as I have loved you, that you also have love one for another. By this shall all men know... And actually that word men in here is italicized, which means it was put at the discretion of the translators... By this all, by this shall all know you are my disciples. All. By this all shall know. All. That includes the devil and his demons. That's encompassed in all, right? Love one another as I have loved you, that you also have love one for another. And by this shall all know you are my disciples. You are my followers. If you have love one for another. 
That's what we're supposed to do. Have love one for another. What happens when you do that, Brother Bob? I mean, how can we have love one for another? I don't understand how we can love someone who's evil. What about ISIS? What about these terrorists? Oh, Lord, give me the words on this. I see it. I could speak tongues and explain it to you. The Bible says we're to have patience with each other. That the love of God shed abroad in our hearts would be able to affect their lives as a living testimony to them. But the time comes, and it's outlined in the Bible, and the scripture's escaping me right now, the time comes when we are to give them over to Satan. When we can no longer effectively reach them and they have made their heart so evil and hardened towards the word of God and towards us, it is scriptural to just write them off. The Bible says you can go to war, a righteous war for the word of God. And that's what we are facing right now in this earth is Satan knowing his time is short. Remember, he sees us approaching that finish line. We've rounded the curve. We're in the home stretch. The Kentucky Derby was just a few weeks ago and those horses, as they rounded that curve, they go into the home stretch. They're giving it everything they got to get to the finish line. That's where we're at right now. The devil knows it as well. And he has intensified his attacks against Christianity, against the Word of God, against Christians, against believers. This is now culminating in what the Bible says is going to happen in the last days as well. We won't get into that today, but the signs are all there. Uh, I've read several commentaries. There's something like 500 prophecies that need to be fulfilled before the end comes. And all 500 are here right now. Whether they've either been fulfilled or in the process of being fulfilled right now. We are living in the end days. The snatching away of the church through the rapture is about to take place. All the elements are lining up against Israel. That's how you can see it. Russia and China have entered into an agreement. They've entered into an agreement with Iraq. I'm sorry, Iran, which is Persia. The Muslims have taken over Libya, Tunisia. There's the Arab Spring in Saudi Arabia. All of these countries are listed in the Bible as lining up against Israel in the last days. And guess what? They're all Muslim nations. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.